Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, rave line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can, can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch. Up against the wall. Can't explain it what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USC is seven and five again. Oh no! Everybody, welcome back to Radio Troy Radio, episode 523, coming to you on Thursday, November 30th, the last episode of November. It's just about uh, holiday seasons. We get into December tomorrow. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Radio Troy, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, tune in wherever you get your episodes. We are there. Of course, live on YouTube, email address, reignoftroy at fanside.com, phone number 818-643-7227, suck at what's brewing show. I'm your host, Michael Castillo, joined along with my co-host here in the Reign of Troy studio in Los Angeles, Alisa Dertola. Hello, everybody. Hello. How many people do you think call into the to the rant line putting in... 818-643-7227 and then type in suck at what's brewing show. <laughs> I hope all of them. <laughs> it, it's it's got to be a like not it's someone's done it, right? I believe that someone has typed in the number and in their head gone 7227 suck at what's brewing show, whether out loud or in their head. I believe that that happens on a regular basis. Yeah. And if it doesn't, start doing it now, kids. 818-643-7227 uh, is the number for the rant line or the rave line, whatever you want it to be. Uh, the question line, whatever it is. Um, yeah, so yeah, uh, a lot of stuff to talk about here in this episode, talking about the DC search. USC does not have a defensive coordinator. Uh, we all sitting here in the same sort of spots, um, not knowing what 
is going to go on with the defensive coordinator search. Uh, it looked like people were talking about that there could be someone named last week, maybe next week, perhaps this week. It all keeps going uh, as the coaching carousel goes in college football. The Trojans haven't played in almost two weeks because uh, they got an extra bye week at the end of the season. Uh, there were games last week USC did not play. Allowed me to take a little mini vacation, which which was nice. I feel bad for you, Alicia. You didn't, yeah, you, I, you I was didn't stuck at home working. Yeah, <laughs> you you were off having fun. <laughs> yeah, and um, but I didn't miss anything because there was no basically no news. It's like USC hit pause and waited for you to return, and uh, someone I'm needs back to, and still nothing. Is someone happened. needs to remind USC that you are now back and yeah. that we are now podcasting and that they are free and welcome to yes. announce something. Yes, just like you guys are free and welcome to join Sleeper, where you can get a deposit match of up to 100 bucks when you sign up on Sleeper. Uh, of course, have you heard of Sleeper Daily Fantasy? Sleeper hosts daily fantasy prop games that you can compete for a chance to win big cash prizes. The game is simple. For each contest, you're given a pool of props for upcoming games across different sports. You pick whether each prop will be over or under, given the total. You can choose up to eight different props for a chance to win big. Uh, and if you want to join the action, we've got you covered. All you got to do is sign up with the promo code FANSIDED2. All one word with the number two at the end. FANSIDED2 today. And you can receive a deposit match of up to 100 bucks using the code FANSIDED2. When you sign up, not only gives you the great reward, but it helps support this very podcast so make sure use the code fansided2 or take your phone if you're watching us live here on youtube uh or on demand on youtube as well uh and snap the qr code in in the the bottom corner right underneath alicia right there and uh take the picture go over to sleeper join uh and you can help support the show the offer, of course, only available to new customers who are 18 plus and physically present in valid states, including California. So please remember to always game responsibly and check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. Uh, Alicia, we got a bunch to talk to, so uh, talk about. So let's get to the news. Alicia, you know the only good thing about football season being over? There's literally nothing good about the football season being over. It's just an endless wait until the fall. See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. The best way to take your mind off the endless wait. That is true. I may not want to watch the men play, but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC. There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks. So you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins. Bingo. You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, Price Picks lets you get on the action on more than 30 states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. 
That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. Download the app today and use the code Reign of Troy for a first deposit match up to $100. That's the Prize Picks app with the code Reign of Troy for the first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The new year is the perfect time to start building credit scores. Because when your credit scores increase, your opportunities do too. Like loan approvals and lower interest rates. Chime makes it easier to keep building your credit with a secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. You can use Credit Builder everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Chime helps you build your credit score safely by using your own money to make everyday purchases and on-time payments. To apply, just open a Chime checking account with a $200 qualifying direct deposit. And don't stress, there's no annual fee or credit check required to apply and get started. Start building your credit history and finding new opportunities with the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary. Uh, the transfer portal is about to open, uh, but we already have portal updates. Uh, Alicia, who's, who's going in the transfer portal from the Trojans? Yeah, I don't think there's any huge surprises here. The big the big name is Relique Brown, who we sort of knew from early on in the season that this is likely the direction that he was going to be going, and uh, it would take a pretty massive change for that to not be the case. So mm-hmm. he has put his name into the portal. Uh, USC is losing another running back in Darwin Barlow, who is not a surprise. I'm bummed about it because I like Darwin Barlow and it sucks that he hasn't gotten his opportunity at USC. But considering the fact that he has not gotten his opportunity at USC, it's not surprising at all to see him uh, go ahead and and put his name in the portal uh, with eligibility remaining. Also, defensive lineman Jamar Sakona and defensive back Samarian Gordon, both of whom were not really involved all that much yeah. um, this season. And so, again, it's it's guys who are striking out to go find uh, where they can get their next opportunity. No, no big names, no shocking names. We expect more to be coming. This is the nature of college football now with the transfer portal, with mm-hmm. transfer rules opening up. Um, I think we can expect to, to see more, uh, more players toss their name in. It's just a question of, of who and who USC is going to successfully recruit back uh, to stick around to see maybe on the defensive side of the ball who will stick around to see if they can have a new chance, a new life with a new defensive coordinator. But yeah. uh, there are some guys who are just who are just going to go, and that's uh, that's the reality. So we'll keep an eye out for all of those uh, as they as they come. Yeah, you, you look at the you look at the numbers this this past season. Uh, 11 total touches for Barlow and uh, Relique Brown. 11 total touches. Eight for Barlow. Uh, three for Brown. Brown only played in two games. 
which was the Washington game and the um, first game of the year against uh, San Jose State. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he did not play any other game. Barlow had a big moment uh, for the Trojans in that Washington game, two carries to 44 yards, but never had more than two carries in a game um, all season. Uh, you look at last year, he never had more than five carries in the game for the Trojans. So you have to go all the way back to 2021 uh, when Barlow, the TCU transfer, was able to actually have some sort of substantial uh, sort of production for the Trojans. 19 carries in that game against BYU uh, on Thanksgiving weekend back in 2021. I it, it's a it's a tough tough spot because these are obviously two super talented players in Barlow and Relique Brown, but they weren't included in the offense. And so from that standpoint, it's not like SC is necessarily losing production because they didn't have those guys really as part of the offense. Um, but these are absolutely more than capable dudes and dudes I think that you know, will be valuable wherever they go and will mm-hmm. have an opportunity to, uh, you know, make SC regret the decisions that they made, right? But he, more power to them. This this is what college football is, like you said. More room for USC to go out and try to replace them in the transfer portal or with freshmen coming in in the 2024 recruiting class. So we'll see uh, how that goes. But Darren Barlow, is where does he rank among your list of, like, Coulda, woulda, shoulda Trojans. He's pretty high up there on... There's a long list of running backs who it felt like if they had just played somewhere where they could have gotten... Where they could have been a, a workhorse back that they could have uh, had plenty of success. He's pretty high up there. I think the the goat of that was um, like someone like James Toland who was the, the, the walk-on who just... Uh, was never was never going to be high enough on the pecking order, but every time he got the ball, it was like, you know, this this kid can run. Um, in terms of like woulda, coulda, shoulda, though, it's like it's Trey Madden, and then a long gap. But that Trey Madden was not a was not a pecking order situation. He was very much a an injury situation. So I guess it depends on if we're separating those columns or not. Well, I was I always think of Broderick Green. Broderick Green played one. one season at SC. Uh, in 2008, only played six games, 32 carries, buck 68, uh, three touchdowns for the Trojans in 2008, but couldn't really make the rotation beyond that before he transferred uh, to Arkansas. Desmond Green, I always thought was one of those dudes. Desmond Green, Desmond Reed mm-hmm. uh, was always one of those dudes who I thought could have been an incredible player if he would have gotten more of an opportunity. But he didn't really get that opportunity because Notre Dame ripped out his knee with the long grass. So, um, and he was around forever. It's not like he ended up transferring or anything like that. Like he got, he got plenty of run compared to say Broderick Green or James Tolan or even Darwin Barlow. But like, I think those are guys that you think about like what, what could have been right. Like what could have been, um, alas, Darwin Barlow headed out. Yeah. But it's hard to also cry too hard about you know the what could have been when you've got somebody like right. Marshawn Lloyd and, yeah. and, and Travis Dye and, 100%, yeah. and those guys who are rightfully taking the majority of the of the carries yeah a, a, a thousand percent it, you know you look you look at the 2008 uh Trojans and you look at the guys who were running ahead of Roderick Green it was Stephon Johnson CJ Gable 
Joe McKnight, Mark Tyler, Alan mm-hmm. Bradford, Stanley Havili, like that famous were, stable of, of backs who yeah, just like <laughs> there were so many dudes. Like yeah, yeah. You you. It, it's a bummer that Broderick Green couldn't stick around, but like, who are you going to take the carries away from him? Well, and that's how, and that's how I feel about like really Brown is is a really yeah. good example too of a guy who. I think he's got talent. I think he can do damage for somebody. But when you have Zachariah Branch, when you have, um, you know, uh, uh, Marion Peterson and and the the running backs that USC has coming up, and you have to imagine that USC will be competitive in terms of of transfer portal running backs as well again this year, since the, considering the success they've had on that front, it's it's hard to find. There's there's not enough ball to go around for all of these guys, and so you are yeah. naturally going to lose some of guys. Some of these guys who are talented, but maybe not, um, you know, Darwin Barlow is not Marshawn Lloyd and Relique Brown is not Zachariah Branch. And that's, yeah. that's just the reality. Yeah. A hundred percent. So, uh, we'll see what happens for those guys. Um, we'll, we'll keep an eye out and then talk about that in the future, especially when we start talking about what Trojans, uh, or what players become new Trojans in the transfer portal as well. Uh, let's talk about the NFL draft declarations really quick. Uh, Caleb Williams is supposedly a game time decision. Uh, let's be honest. He's gone. Uh, I, what, what, I are don't you willing, under- what are you willing to bet? I don't understand. I don't understand um, the wishy-washy like decision making that's going on here. Caleb, just you're you're leaving. Like it's fine if you want to just say that you're leaving. It's okay. Right. Like USC fans are not gonna feel betrayed because you go to the NFL. Just say it. I right. I don't need I don't need this like on. game time decision thing. Like I get if you don't want to announce it yet, you can say like, oh, I'm still you know considering all my options or whatever. But just like don't try to ramp up the 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 drama or whatever like that. You're going. It's okay. Yeah. I <laughs> no one believes that you're not going. Yeah, I, I, I'm pulling up the NFL standings really quick. Uh, the Raiders are like three games out of the, the pick spot, right? Four games out of it. So that's the, like the only team that I think is worthy of like avoiding. I don't know. I'd avoid the, the Bears pretty hard if I could. Sure. But there are worse I, places to live than Chicago, so I don't know. <laughs> It's uh, it's possible. I mean, there's a lot of teams that I, w- I if I was Caleb Williams, there's most of those teams I wouldn't want to be anywhere near well, me. No, I I agree, but also, but at the same time, it's like you can't necessarily control. If you come back to USC, you're still going to be in the ex- like you think that the Bears won't just be right back where they are. But, <laughs> they don't but take you this year if or you're the Cardinals. Avoid a team. It's better off to avoid a team by doing the. Uh, John Elway, Eric Lindros, uh, Eli Manning thing. Where you just won't play for them. Where you just won't play for them. Yeah. Compared to... NIL does make it, like, realistically, NIL makes it... I mean, this is why we're seeing tons of quarterbacks. We didn't really talk about it in the transfer stuff because there will be time later down the road to talk more about transfers in for USC, but there are a bajillion quarterbacks who are transferring and coming back when a lot of these guys you would have imagined would just have, you know, let let mm-hmm. taken their shot in the NFL or done whatever because you get so much NIL money coming back. Yes. So it's more viable than ever for a quarterback to come back if they don't want to deal with 
But where it's they might one lend- more year from the. But when you're the, the number agency. one overall pick, it literally doesn't matter. Yeah, just right. get in, just go. <laughs> I don't. I. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna end. You're gonna be with a bad team, anyways. It's it's. Yeah, I yeah. mean the 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 NFL is such a such a crapshoot. I I maintain that if. Uh, Matt Leinert would have gone to a better situation. He would have been in a better spot. Like mm-hmm. uh, the same thing for so many of those guys. So many guys who what? end up being busts. Aaron Rodgers falling to the Packers is the greatest thing that ever happened to him. Yeah. Like Patrick Mahomes ending up with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. You think Patrick Mahomes, if he had gone to the 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 Browns, you think he would be no. as good as he is? No. no, it's all about where you where you land. So yeah. like, I get it. I get that you want to land where you land, but. If you avoid this year, like Bacon in the chat says, avoid the Bears and the Panthers seem like a mess. Yeah, but if you avoid the Bears this year, or say you avoid the Cardinals this year, or you avoid the Bears this year. Next year, you might end up in a position where the Panthers are ready to just say, screw it, we're we're giving up on Bryce Young. Now we got to go get another dude. The way that the Bears are with uh, with Justin Fields, so it's a it's a mess. Just just and the, the I think the most unfair thing about all of this NFL stuff is like. How many times can you think of a quarterback who needed to go to a second team to succeed? How many franchise guys? It's like very small mm-hmm. because you're like your 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 window is so tiny in that sense. Drew Brees is the only one that I can really think of at the top of my head. I, I guess Brett Favre, but that was so long ago. Like everybody else, you either sink or swim with the with the team that you're given. Um, it's a tough situation. I, I mean, that's. Geno Smith is is about as close to a, but and even at and I hesitate to even say that because but how much success is he really having with the Seahawks? Like it's not like he's suddenly yeah, and he bounced around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So Stafford is a good one. Kenny in the chat says, but Stafford. I would say that Stafford was still su- successful with the oh, Lions. Oh, he was he successful with the anything. Lions. That's right. He was stuck in a bad in yeah. a bad franchise, which yeah, which ironically, if Caleb ended up with the Lions now, you'd think. Right. That's a huge, <laughs> yeah. like, good good job for Caleb. But uh, no, you're going to end up with... Yeah. Uh, LV Raiders in the chat says, no one's dumb enough to turn down the top pick in the NFL draft to go back to college. Yeah, I, yeah. I would agree. I, I do think that the NIL stuff, like, I think Shadur Sanders is an interesting case because... He's a good example. I think he's someone who I could see potentially trying to go to the NFL if it wasn't for his dad coaching, if it wasn't for all the NIL money he has. Mm-hmm. Um. And then on top of that, I, you know, talking about guys who SC could go out and get a transfer to replace Caleb Williams, Shooter Sanders should be number one on that list along with like Cam Ward. But there's no way you could be able to do it because you can't take him from Dion. You can't take him from his dad. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's just, it's just not a realistic right, uh, but sort Sh- of thing. Sh- Shador is the class of quarterback that is, uh, could still benefit. You know that isn't the, from coming the, back anyways. Well, benefit from coming back and isn't in isn't isn't the consensus number one pick. Right. Like it's yeah. different when you're the consensus number one pick. If you are if you are guaranteed to be a top two pick in the NFL draft. Yeah. There's, I get it. If you're a fringe first rounder, and or or even like a, a mid a mid rounder or like someone like uh, like Stetson Bennett or whatever, who people are skeptical of your sort of upper ear. Uh, upper echelon like talent level and you can come back and and exhaust your eligibility and make bank at Georgia or bank at wherever and 
then eventually get drafted in the the middle to late rounds like that makes yeah. a lot of sense but if you are going to go number 1 overall you just leap so yeah you you would you would absolutely absolutely think so uh speaking of someone who is going to leave uh let's talk about um Brendan Rice Brendan Rice uh for all intents and purposes uh is leaving because he is going to be in the senior bowl he's accepted his invite to the senior bowl even though i I am I crazy? Didn't they change the rules that you can come back after being in the senior bowl anyways? Can you? I think that that's a rule change. Am oh. I crazy? Am I imagining that? Either way, I I, I he walked in seen in the senior walk. I think that should have been the uh the the, what, the sign as well. I think the senior bowl thing, the rule change that I remember for that is that it's not just seniors anymore. Like maybe, that they're going to open maybe it up to I'm juniors. Yeah. Um yeah. Either way, it does very like you said. He walked. Uh, it looks like he's he's gonna go. Um, yeah. He's he's one of those guys who was a senior. I think he might have COVID eligibility. I think that's I how Dar- Darwin yes. Barlow has an extra year because of COVID eligibility. Year. So COVID eligibility is weird. Like you said, uh, with a lot of these guys, yeah, you can come back with nil money, but also every year that you delay going to the NFL is a year that you. Mm -hmm. that second contract potentially so if you're going to bet on yourself and and you know i i think brendan rice has has uh done some things here that will set him up uh, to have a chance in the nfl so i think he's someone who only improves from working out in a t-shirt and shorts yes i think he will do well at the combine yes yeah i i think he's gonna like look very good at the combine um, his numbers are good. 45 catches, 791 yards, 12 touchdowns this year. Great highlight reel because of that ratio. Uh, mm-hmm. 12 TDs uh, in his 45 catches. Not that many catches, but so many of them were big ones um, and big, big moments for him, which I think is going to end up looking well uh, and boating well for him in the future. So uh, he's someone who can be in a good spot to go in the NFL. We'll see what happens there, um, which all leads us to talking about the DC search. Uh, Alicia, where are we at with the DC search? <sighs> where, 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 where? Um, USC has not hired a defensive coordinator yet. No. <laughs> at least not publicly. Um, it's been several weeks now since Alex Rinch was fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, we thought that would mean USC would have a head start on getting somebody in to then begin recruiting both for the transfer portal and high schools. This is the thing that I think everybody forgets ever. Like the, the idea of like the head starts, I get it, but that doesn't mean that you get to necessarily announce the person earlier. It just means that you have a head start in doing your search first. Um, and, and crossing the I's and dotting the T's on who you want and, coming up with a list and, and doing your backroom channel contacts and all those things. like There's a double-edged sword here. Yeah. Because USC, what USC fans want from USC is to go out and hire a defensive coordinator who is desired. Somebody right. who is at the top end of the market. Mm-hmm. And one of the problems with that is that the top end of the market guys have their own opportunities. And if you're going to be pursuing guys who are theoretically in the mix for head coaching opportunities, they're not going to sign a contract with you on November 20th. Right. When November 27th is, is black Monday. (laughs) Uh, And, uh, and that's something that 
head coaching opportunities then open up. And it's the week after this, the regular season ends that suddenly you get to be interviewing for head coaching opportunities. Um, so the delay makes sense, but it is still frustrating <laughs> that, uh, that there's just so little information out there, which is another double-edged sword because in the grand scheme of things, the fact that there's so little information out there is a very good thing. That means USC runs a tight ship. That's what you want. But as a you know person on the outside waiting and waiting and waiting, it's uh, I'm with everybody. I'm sitting there updating my phone trying to get the latest nugget, and there's all these you know yeah. clowns on Twitter who are declaring things are happening. And while we all know that they're clowns and they're not <laughs> that they're not necessarily basing things on anything, you still get that jump in your stomach where you go like, well, but maybe. Could it, could it be now? Could it be this? Could it be today? Yeah. No, it's going to be tomorrow. Oh, well, could it be tomorrow? And then you wake up the next day and it's like, could it be? Could it be? Could it be? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's one of those things where I think I think that everyone, I understand that the urgency that SC people have to get the hire in as soon as you want, as soon as you can, because you want that. You you want to be able to, to do those things, right? You want it to be as soon as possible. Early signing day is, is coming up in a couple of weeks. You want to be able to recruit. You want to be able to recruit the portal. You want to be able to do those things as quickly as possible. Um, but the reality of the situation is everything's fluid right now because the head coaching hires are still being named uh, around the country, which means that staffs are being put together. Uh, and on top of that, that means that, the, like you said, that we have a we have a list of criteria that we think that USC should go out and and have for for USC's defensive coordinators, right? Like uh, for the for the for the candidates, uh, and we're pulling it up right here right now on screen. And when you when you look at the at the the list of things on the must have list is in demand. In demand means being wanted for head coaching jobs too, uh, and being wanted for other defensive coordinator jobs. So, so much stuff has to end up getting settled because if you truly are able to fire Grinch first and then hire him first, your pool of candidates is the smallest possible, right? Because you're hiring guys who don't have a full-time job, um, uh, say someone like Jim Leonard, who doesn't have a defensive coordinator job. He's just an analyst in Illinois or is, was fired mid season or earlier in the season. Someone like a Jeff Collins over at Georgia tech, uh, or somebody who is not currently working like, like Ed Ogeron. Like I know a lot of people will always want to talk about like those people make it easy to, to, higher on the timeline, but not everybody sort of fits into that boat, especially when there's still games this week with the, with the conference championship games. So there's still some teams that still want to hire head coaches and defensive coordinators and all that stuff uh, that could still be playing this week. Um, we got a comment uh, from Randy. Uh, there's a lot of talk about Tony White. Uh, there was a tweet from Joe Arrigo from the franchise sports media. That says, I'm hearing Tony White, Nebraska DC, as the new USC defensive coordinator. Really solid hire. Trojan fans should like it. Uh, that came from earlier in the week, but like nothing has come really since then. Uh, well, let's talk about Tony White. Tony White, UCLA grad. Uh, let's put him through the, um, the criteria 
Tony White, Nebraska defensive coordinator. Uh, let's talk about the must-haves. Does he have a top five defensive experience? Yes. Uh, Nebraska this year um, in SP Plus defense, I believe, is ranked number seven. Uh, when you look at the rankings for what the Cornhuskers have done defensively, they're fifth in the country. Uh, sorry, 17th in scoring defense. Uh, they're eighth in rush defense. Um, this is a defense that is really damn solid. Uh, and in his first year as a defensive coordinator under Matt rule. So yes, he's got top 25 experience. Yes. He's in demand. Yes. He's a known talent developer because he's been able to get a lot out of guys without a lot of talent. He had a top 25 defense, uh, with Syracuse before this and Arizona state as well. Successful track record. Cause he's been around the block a few times at, at some schools here while still being young. And there's nothing questionable on his Wikipedia page. He's got a clean background. <laughs> what does that mean? Full, full checks, all in the must-haves list. Let's go to love to have. Um, previous DC experience. Does he have that, Alicia? Yes. Multiple subs, yeah. Yeah. He's he's graduated up the up the ladder. As a as a defensive coordinator, moving from from spots to spots, not because he's getting fired, but because he's getting yeah opportunities of rising status, which is a very good sign. Yeah, he was the ASU defensive coordinator in 2019, followed by three years at Syracuse, uh, and then Matt Rule brings him in to be the DC at Nebraska. So previous defensive coordinator experience, yes. Ace recruiter. We we talked about this before uh, we started recording. What are we going to call an ace recruiter? I think an ace recruiter is someone who has signed a five-star recruit on defense. Yeah, I, I think somebody who is capable of, of bringing in five-star talent, I would say an ace recruiter. If you're not an ace recruiter, that doesn't mean you're a bad recruiter. It yes. just means that you're not you know, one of those guys who just has the the magic touch when it comes to, to drawing mm-hmm. in the 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 upper echelon talent yeah and he's never done that he's only he's he's only ever been the main recruiter on for two guys who have been a four star but i think that only helps with the uh, on the first column where it says known talent developer he's done all this stuff with guys that haven't necessarily been five-star talents so i i don't think that's a negative um being being able to do both is what the ideal spot is but you want to be able to I think develop your talent more than anything, which is what SC's biggest problem has been because mm-hmm. SC can get the talent when there is talent locally that they still haven't been able to get much out of. Like I, I think that was the frustration with this year is you yeah. can't tell me there wasn't talent on this defense, not certainly right. enough talent to not be the worst statistical defense in the history of USC right. football. That's the nuance, right? Like I, I think this team could be more talented defense defensively than they are. Yeah especially at key spots, maybe on the defensive line. But you're going to tell me that they they don't have talent? No, they, they have talent. Um, they just haven't been able to get much out of those, uh, out of the talented players that, that they that they do have, right? Like you, you look at Damani Jackson, a five-star recruit at corner. Um, did he play like one? No. Kalen Bullock, a, yeah. a, a dude who's extremely talented, and we saw him as a true freshman come yeah. out there and, and earn a starting job. And, you just you see guys like that not getting developed right. to then live up to their their full potential or not getting put in spots to allow them to play the game that they play well that they play the best it's yeah it's yeah, yeah. so uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Power five experience. Yes. For Tony white success at multiple stops. Yes. Which I love that little check mark there. I think that check mark is pretty important. So you put that together. Uh, he's got three checks, three out of four on the love to have column. One thing, one thing on the power five experience thing. Um, mm-hmm. We don't have a category for this, but it's worth mentioning the idea of being able to turn around a bad defense yeah. And the key here with the the power five stuff from from Tony White is he's taken over defenses that were objectively bad, and he's improved them. Um, mm-hmm. In the case of Nebraska, drastically. And I know it's the Big Ten West, and you know not facing great offenses either. But the statistical advanced statistical analyses that opponent adjust and all of that kind of stuff, love that Nebraska defense. So that's a big plus. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's get to the nice-to-have stuff. Uh, won championships? No. Uh, for this, we're including conference championships? No. Uh, not there. Big Ten experience? Yes. He's literally at Nebraska right now. USC connections? No. However, UCLA grad. So he's got SoCal connections. Uh, elite coaching tree? No, um, I think that I guess you could argue that he's coached under a really good head coach in in Matt Rule, but like that that's not what we're talking about here with uh, elite coaching tree. No NFL experience and no no experience with a high scoring offense. Uh, so put it all together, uh, it's twenty six points out of thirty four for for Tony White, which is pretty solid. I think that's a pretty solid score. I think that. Only missing one thing on the first two columns, and that is being an ace recruiter. Uh, and maybe I'm nuts, but I think that's the the least important of those first two column things. I I I, I think that you want to have an ace recruiter on staff, right? They don't necessarily have to be the defensive coordinator themselves. Yes, that is that is very very key. Um, it's a. Uh... You can make of all of the things you can sort of make up for. That's one of the ones that you can make make up for, especially if, if in the case of somebody like Tony White, he's a willing recruiter. USC has had defensive coordinators who were not willing recruiters. Yeah, uh, that's a much bigger issue than than uh, than not being. Um, also, as Randy in the chat points out, uh, he did coach under Rocky Long. Um, yeah, I, I and Zach Arnett as well. I don't know that we would say elite coaching tree necessarily there, and it's a good coaching tree. Um, so again, the thing about Tony White is like even the 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 X's that we have here, they're not they're not big big red flags. They're right. just they're just things that you well, know you I, can't possibly check every box. I I think you could argue that are USC connections, UCLA connections too. Uh, like it's no I, but, from SoCal connections are way more important to me than UC, USC connections. I agree. I, so yeah, like I, in that sense, like UCLA connections. I, I think I think that's why we have SoCal and USC yeah. separately here. Yeah. But but yeah, I, I think that like he he's heard the fight song before. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> he certainly has. He certainly heard the fight song. Yeah. Um. So all right. Uh. Let's get to another guy that we were gonna that that has been out there and talked about. Uh, we talked about him last week. Um, Jim Leonard, the Illinois defensive analyst. Uh, if we just run down this list, top 25 experience. Yeah. In demand. Yeah. Known talent developer. Yes. Successful track record. Yes. Uh, no bad stuff on his Wikipedia page. Yes. He's got it all. Uh, hits all the must haves. Uh, love to haves. 
Previous DC experience, yes. Ace recruiter, again, no. Does, has not hauled in a five-star guy, but neither have a lot of DCs. So there's there's only so many five-star defensive talents, uh, and it's usually a couple of schools that, that are able to haul in those guys. Uh, does have power five experience. The biggest question mark for Jim Leonard is no success at multiple stops. Unlike Tony White, who's bounced around from San Diego State to Syracuse uh, to ASU, I mean, to ASU to Syracuse to Nebraska, with the last three slots being a defensive coordinator, Jim Leonard's only been a defensive coordinator once, and it's his alma mater. Uh, He's currently a defensive analyst at Illinois, who was coached by Brad Bielema, Wisconsin's former uh, head coach. So, sort of an insular kind of thing there. Hasn't really branched out, uh, which I think is sort of a question mark uh, for, for Jim Leonard, but not the biggest red flag. So, you look at the love-to-haves, he's got half of them. Yeah, um, the... The issue with the multiple stops thing is that Wisconsin has just had a good defense the entire time. Yeah. Um, they had a good defense before Jim Leonard. They had a good defense Aranda, after Wilcox. Jim Leonard. Yeah. So the question for Jim Leonard is, is that Wisconsin, is the numbers that the Wisconsin defense put up, which are objectively great during his tenure, is that a reflection of Jim Leonard or is that a reflection of a program that is just recruiting defense has a defensive system that's been consistently present mm-hmm. and um and it's just he just had to keep the the train chugging along and he did that where the task at USC is to take over and completely re uh, redo and overhaul a defense that is in the dumps it's a complete rebuild on defense um that's not something that Jim Leonard has experience doing so that is a major concern having said that his defensive track record at Wisconsin is stellar. Is yeah. stellar. It's it's way up there uh, in that sense. But that that's the that's the big. Um, anytime you're doing, you're looking at a potential hire. You're looking at the reasons why it might succeed and the reasons why it might fail, and that's the one you circle as to reasons why that hire might fail is that. Yeah. Yeah, and you look at the nice to haves. Uh, he's I think he's won a division championship but not really championships per se. Big 10 experience, yes. Lots of it. Uh, NFL experience, we're checking because he was in the NFL until 2014. So uh, semi-recently, but doesn't have necessarily NFL coaching experience. Um, Elite coaching tree, I think is a question mark here because we're putting no, but he has been in that Wisconsin system, which has spanned multiple coaches uh, I guess you could put him under the Barry Alvarez thing, sort of, kind of, by proxy. Um, but that's that's basically it. So uh, you put it all together uh, for Jim Leonard. He's got 23 points of the 34. Um, I don't think that his score uh, necessarily comes across as being as high profile of a guy in demand as Jim Leonard actually is. Um that's but. because everybody everybody gets the same five points for those must-haves. Yeah. Where I think that you could give Jim Leonard bonus points because it's not just top 25 defense. It's top 10. It's right. top five defense. Mm-hmm. Um, that is... And, and the known talent developer thing is also a big... I mean, what Tony White has done taking Nebraska Nebraska's defense and completely flipping it on its head 
what yeah. he built at, at Syracuse was impressive. But uh, Jim Leonard is not somebody who has ever worked with elite talent, but he has produced mm-hmm. elite players within the confines of his system. And uh, that is, that's something that um, you can't necessarily quantify in this nice, in this nice clean sort of rubric that we have here. Uh, just how much he checks those boxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, the the size of the check mark uh, is bigger yeah. in some of these things uh, than others. Uh, one guy that that um, is interesting that we, we necessarily haven't seen any sort of public connections to, which is somebody that USC fans have talked about, is Danton Lynn over at UCLA. Um, Danton Lynn, the former Penn State uh, safety Someone that we talked about who showed that he can make a big one-year impact at UCLA. By the way, he wasn't named UCLA's defensive coordinator until like late February last year. <laughs> and I yeah. know that their defensive coordinator thing was weird with Bill McGovern ultimately passing last year and Clancy Pendergast was sort of like the 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 DC caretaker and there was a weird situation. But I just want to emphasize that like there is... It's an Pretty often, of... like the D, the DC hires sometimes can drag on a little bit. Yeah, um, I don't think it's going to drag on that long for SC. We did get a question uh, in the chat from Bacon: Will SC get uh, have an announcement before SC plays LSU? You hope so. You hope so. The LSU game is coming up uh, at the end of August, so uh, we we will see. Uh, but let's walk through Dayton Lynn's stuff. Top 25 defensive experience. Yes, UCLA has the top 25 defense, number one rush defense in the country. In demand, I would think so, yeah. Right? Yeah. Why wouldn't he be? Yeah. If if Chip Kelly had gotten fired, um, I think Danton Lynn would have would have definitely had yeah. a lot, quite a few phone calls. Yeah. Known talent developer, I'm gonna say yes. Because given, look what he was able to do to turn around UCLA's god-awful defense from last year. Mm-hmm. UCLA's yeah. defense was just about as bad as USC's defense was last year. And SC got worse this year. And UCLA's turned into the number one rush defense in the country. Mm-hmm. So I would say yes for that. Successful track record. Yeah, like he was a he was an assistant uh, at UCLA. Um, I mean, sorry, in, in the NFL before he got to UCLA in his one season. Not the track record that, say, Tony White has of being around at multiple stops and stuff like that, but yes, and uh, there's nothing on his Wikipedia page to worry about. So, yeah, he checks all those boxes. See, and this is a really good example, though, of that the size of those check marks are very different between Danton Lynn and Jim Leonard because, like, successful track record is... That can be very... uh, we could have a debate about that. He sure. has only been a defensive coordinator for one season. Can he possibly have a successful track record as a defensive coordinator if you've only done that job for one season um, with right. players that were not your own? Uh, as impressive as a as a turnaround goes, that's that's I th- there's like a known talent developer is also like the size of that check mark is very small and sure and and tentative. There's there's a tentativeness to all of this compared to someone like Jim Leonard, who you can just go like, yes. I, I think that Danton Lynn gets the benefit of the doubt here because 
He literally did the thing, that, the exact thing that SC needs out of a defensive coordinator. Yeah, 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 100%. Which, which is why I think he gets the benefit of the doubt there. Uh, let's go to the love-to-have list, previous defensive coordinator experience. Yeah, he's UCLA's defensive coordinator. Uh, Ace Recruiter, no. Uh, I haven't had much time there, so that's no fault of his own. Uh, Power 5 experience, yeah, UCLA is in the Power 5, last I checked. Um, and success at multiple stops, no. No. Uh, we debated this for a quick second, but no, because he's only been a defensive coordinator at one place. So yeah, he he's I guess he's had success at multiple NFL stops because he kept getting promoted. But right, um, but again, but only one defensive coordinator spot. Defensive coordinator is is the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then nice to haves uh, championships. No, um, Big Ten experience. No, if you as long as you don't count UCLA. Uh, no, SC connection. Yes, there's a SoCal connection because he's literally at UCLA right now. Uh, elite coaching tree is, I think, a, it's no, but I think that you can you can make an argument, yes, given the, the Ravens system, but he was only with the Ravens for, I think, a year or two. Um, NFL experience, yes, and high-scoring offense, uh, no. Um, so put it all together, 23 points, just like uh, Jim Leonard. But like you said... The the strength of the check marks are in a different place. I, I, I think this place. this is a very different twenty three points yes. to what Jim Leonard is. Yes. Like to the point where I would argue that we should take away five points. I will argue <laughs> that he is not a, he does not have a successful track record because I, he doesn't have a track record. He has one season. Sure, we can say that's half a checkpoint and yeah. take off two and a half points. And there he's you go. at twenty and he's a half. Twenty one and a half points. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, we did get a question. Uh, from Samuel in in Africa, I think he's in Liberia, right? The, oh, I don't, I don't know the one specifically. That looks like an American flag, but it's not. I don't know specifically yeah. which part of Africa he is currently in. Yeah, but, the, the uh, home of yeah. Uh, George Weah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Samuel says, "Me and my dad were theorizing uh, that one of poten- one potential reason we don't have a hire yet is because the candidate Lincoln wants to hire is coaching this week. How likely do you think that is?" And what do you think is causing the delay in a hire? I think that's a very good question because that's the thing that everyone is talking about. What is the delay? And I think there's a lot of reasons for the delay, potentially, depending on which candidate you're talking about. If we're talking, like, if you wanted to talk about Tony White, why would there be a delay to hire Tony White? Well, he was in the running for the San Diego State job that just went to Sean Lewis. Mm Mm-hmm. So they had to wait until that was cleared up, and now you can really begin talks with Tony White, if that's who you're talking about. If you're talking about Jim Leonard, what's the delay? Well, Jim Leonard wants to be considered for head coaching opportunities, so that's the delay. Uh, if you're talking about uh, someone like uh, DeAnton Lynn, then I, I don't see why there would be a delay, except that uh, UCLA played over the weekend, and you know it would have been it would have taken uh, taken that the. The delay makes sense to me for two reasons. Number one is they were being interviewed for head coaching opportunities and several of the candidates we've discussed fit that bill. Mm -hmm. The second delay that makes a lot of sense is they are currently still coaching meaningful football games. Mm -hmm. And Jen Cohen poured a lot of fire on this, a lot of gasoline on this theory uh, today on Thursday with an interview that she did with Ryan Karchi in the LA Times. It was a Q&A. And I want to read the section where Jen Cohen was asked specifically about the defensive coordinator 
process and the, the, the process for finding a defensive coordinator. How's it all going? She said, I would just say this about the process. To me, the coordinator searches almost do feel in some ways like a head coaching search now. It does. Over time, they've started to feel more like that just as far as process, protocol, just how they work. But what I would say is the process is a good, healthy combination of urgency with diligence. Ultimately, we will find the right person for this job. And that's the most important thing. You want to act with urgency. You want to make sure that you're going through your candidates and doing your process for that. But you also want to be diligent enough in this landscape that we're in here now where there's so much movement and change. And that's just starting the domino effects. We still have conference championship games to be played. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be more change and churn in the whole landscape of college football. And so we're going to get the right guy and we're going to get him hired as soon as we can, but we're going to make sure that it's the best person for the job. She brings up conference championship games. That is not part of the question that is being asked. Mm -hmm. So who, oh, who has been mentioned uh, as a as a, as a USC coaching candidate who is currently getting ready for a conference championship game this weekend. Tosh Lupoy. Well, I mean, Tosh Lupoy. There's a, there's a Glenn Schumann, apparently. Caleb Williams <laughs> follows Glenn Schumann, the Georgia DC, uh, on Twitter now. So, you know, you can jump on that one. Um, Michigan's uh, Jesse Minter is uh, is in the is in the uh, is in the championship game. Uh, it's uh, for the Big Ten, but the big name that we sort of poo pooed a couple weeks ago uh, as one, or at least I did, is like, oh yeah, sure, that's just that's just agent speak. Is uh, Pete Kwiatkowski, the DC at Texas? Yeah, I I, I joke about Tosh Lupoy because Tosh Lupoy. <laughs> If we ran through this thing for Tosh Lupoy, it would be top defensive experience, top twenty-five defensive experience. I mean, yes, with the with the very with the most asterisk. Yes, <laughs> I mean, yes, uh, in demand, uh, not really. A known talent developer, no. no. <laughs> Successful track record, I mean, questionable. Yeah, a clean back record background, no. no. Uh, previous DC experience. Kinda, uh, ace recruiter. Yes, triple check mark. Triple check the ace recruiter. Uh, power five experience. Yes, success at multiple stops. Uh, yeah, kind of, sorta. Uh, won championships. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it would. It would. No. Yeah. Uh, Tosh Lupoy is. Uh, is. I I I, I don't even know what I. <laughs> What what is the name Lupoy? I can't even. Th- I was gonna say it's 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 French for Ogeron, but that doesn't work because Ogeron <laughs> is 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 Cajun. Yeah. So no. you know what I mean. It's it's millennial for 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 Ed Ogeron. That's what yeah. Tosh Lupoy is. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's talk about Pete Kwiatkowski. Just hypothetically, if this is the name, uh, top twenty five defensive experience, yes. In demand, yes. Known talent developer, yes. Successful track record, yes, no question about it. Clean background, yes, I didn't find anything questionable on the Wikipedia page. Uh, love to have previous defensive coordinator experience. Yes, he's the DC at Texas right now and one of the best in the country. Uh, ace recruiter. This is the interesting one because the answer is no. He's never signed a five-star recruit. But I think that he would give you access to people who could. Um, and I think that at Texas, he absolutely, 
I think if stay if he stays at Texas, he will sign. He will be the primary recruiter of a five star at some point. Mm-hmm. So take that for what it's worth. Power five experience. Uh, yes, success at multiple stops. Yes. Uh, so the three big check marks uh, for Love to have. Nice to have won championships. Yeah, he won the Pac-12, went to the playoff at 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 Washington. Um, Big Ten experience, no, unless you count Washington. SC connections, no. SoCal connections, no. But I mean, he was at Washington, so it's not like he didn't have to recruit the SoCal area. He's he recruited did. in Los. He's recruited in the LA area. Um, yeah. he has gotten recruits out of the LA area, but it, right. it, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, it's. If it's a check mark, it's a little, it's a little yeah. asterisky, but not. Totally not a check mark. Yeah, I don't know. Elite coaching tree. We're saying yes because of the uh, the Peterson coaching tree. We know that has produced a bunch of head coaches, right? Harson, uh, Wilcox, um, Avalos. Um, there's probably guys that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head, like uh, Jonathan Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Ben Dunes that that coaching tree has produced. Yeah, so yes. NFL experience, no. High scoring offense, yes. At, at Boise State, they had a top five scoring offense like multiple years that he was the defensive coordinator at Boise State under under Coach Pete. So yeah, he's got he's got a lot of checks. Uh 27 points. It's the highest one highest score that we've seen of any of these that, that we've actually done. Um so yeah, I, I think the only one that I think could probably top this would be maybe like Shulman. Because you could you could add like ace recruiter and one champion and like sort of those things together, but it it's hard to get to thirty four. So this is this is pretty much about as good as you can get. Uh, Pete uh, Kwiatkowski is is in an elite tier of defensive coordinator um, to the point where. I don't know why he would leave Texas, to be yeah, honest. I, the thing that doesn't make a lot of sense about the the whole somebody is playing this weekend thing is everybody who's playing this weekend that we would think of. Now, I don't like I don't know that USC is looking at like the two lane defensive coordinator, although uh, who's the SMUs is uh, Jamie. Uh, what's his name? Um, you know, maybe that's something from from out of left field. So there are some guys who you Scott Simmons. Yeah, sorry, Scott Simmons has been mentioned um, in in like the initial round of like uh, maybe maybe somebody who's interested. Um, the 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 link there is is stronger than some of those other some most of the other ones who are coaching over the weekend, but it's also one of the one of the names that you hear and you just go. But why? If USC offers him three million dollars to be the defensive coordinator, Texas can offer him three point five. Yeah, um, I, I, unless he wants to live in Los Angeles, which he might. I mean, Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma to come to USC in a lateral move because he wanted to get out of Oklahoma and live in te- and live in Los Angeles. Theoretically, right. um, Austin is is not Norman, but it's also not California. It's not. Los Angeles, I, so I, you know, I have a heart. Like, yes, I, th- I think that if if you put everything together, I think that getting Pete Krakowski would be about as ideal and perfect as a defensive coordinator hire as you could make, a thousand percent. 
fully in my heart believe that. I just don't see it from his perspective. No. Like, like you said, like you're at uh, it's you're at Texas. Let's just like I I think SC is historically a better program than Texas, but like realistically in in their abilities very similar. Let's just call it even for the sake of simplicity here. Even in terms of money and opportunity and all those things, recruiting ability, whatever, relatively even, right? Like relatively uh, a lateral move. Then you have to look at where you are at. Um, Texas has one of the best defenses in the country right now. Mm-hmm. The only reason to leave is if you want to go to LA for some reason. Or if you want to duck the SEC. And, like, is ducking the SEC a reason here? If maybe. For a defensive coordinator? No. Maybe, but, like, but you're going to the to the Big Ten. So, like, I, you know, I, I don't know that that, I don't know that that's all that, that different. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm highly skeptical. I'm highly skeptical, but that's the that's the thing is is we can be highly skeptical of of a of a name that's not even really coming like it's a name he's a name that got brought up with a lot of other names when the initial round of of who might USC be be hearing about there's a lot of names that come up that you look at and say well this is just somebody wrangling to get uh to get a raise and that's entirely possible what what uh what is is Part of this potentially yeah. but um if you want to look i i think it's i think it's worth discussing somebody like like uh Kwiatkowski as the this is the elite tier yeah i will be on record and say that to me Kwiatkowski is is the the elite tier he's in the elite tier if you could get like glenn schumann if you could get like manny diaz if you could get like one of those guys they're up there in the elite tier mm-hmm Jim Leonard is a is a step below specifically just because I'm uncertain about the success at other at other positions. I'm uncertain about the recruiting willingness but. and the idea of just sort of leaving the next year and and the the full rebuild, the full uh, right. the full Whereas, scheme change, all of that kind of stuff. It, it's just there's more uncertainty around somebody like Jim Leonard, but he's still way up there, elite level higher. Then you go and look at somebody like um, Tony White, who I think would be, to to me, if you can't get one of those elite tier guys, Tony White is a really good option. Mm-hmm. But he's yeah. not an elite tier guy if we're judging him against somebody like Pete Kwiatkowski or against somebody like Jim Leonard, recognizing sort of the different um I think you can make the, the argument layers that here. Tony White is like two, three years away from being at that level. Though. Yes, and that and there's a very strong argument to say that one of the things that USC I would like to see USC do is hire the guy who is the next best guy on the market, right? Um, because that's not something that USC has has necessarily done. Yeah. And then after that, then you're talking about like you you take a chance on on a on a person with a profile of Dantonlin who has done very well, but could be a sort of a one hit wonder could be, you know, that's the risk that you take that they, that they don't have the proven track record, but it's good to have a, a spectrum here of, of what these sort of hires might look like Mm -hmm. uh, while also recognizing that when we were talking about head coaching 
candidates the week before Lincoln Riley was hired. Lincoln Riley was not on the radar in the slightest. We were talking about Matt Campbell. We were talking about Dave Miranda. And um, so we are talking about these guys right now, but but no, the USC is running a very, very tight ship. We yeah. have no idea. We could have picked a random other assortment of DC candidates that we would be looking at as a examples of, of what profiles are out mm-hmm. there. And we still would just be completely in the dark about who actually will be hired. Yeah. I, I want to go to the jump up into the chat here. You've got mail. Uh, we got multiple messages uh, in the chat about Phil Parker, who's the defensive coordinator at Iowa. He's been on the Iowa coaching staff uh, since 1999. He's been working under Kirk Ferentz the entire time that Kirk Ferentz has been the head coach at Iowa since 1999. Um, there, there was a, why isn't um, USC looking at Bill Parker? I, I, who's to say that they're not? A, uh, we just haven't heard anything, uh, but we haven't heard anything concrete about most of these guys anyway. Like the, everything has been rather silent on, on, various things. I think there's, you know, message boards and insiders that have um, put out stuff, but like, even then it's not many concrete details. Here's what I would say. Yes. Phil Parker would absolutely be uh, like, that would be a a bit of a home run hire in terms of just, of just track record of proven success. Um, uh, But the thing is too, you have to understand where connections come from, right? So when uh, when USC fires um, Alex Grinch and somebody like Bruce Feldman puts together a list of, of coordinators that USC might pursue, um, he's doing that talking to getting putting feelers out to, to you know industry sources and league sources and stuff like that. A lot of those are agents. So when he throws out somebody like, you know, Tony White or Tony Gibson or Tim DeRuder or Joe Rossi or, uh, you know, all, all of these ones, it's because somebody has told him that, like, keep an eye out for that one. If Phil Parker's agent was keeping an eye out for opportunities for Phil Parker to leave Iowa, his name would be on all of these lists. I don't think it's on those lists because... Like the track record tells you that if he wanted to leave Iowa, he 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 would have had opportunities before this and and beyond that. I mean, that doesn't that doesn't disqualify him from deciding this year after going through all the stuff with Iowa's offense and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that he couldn't change his mind and decide he wants a a new a new sort of challenge, but. Um, I just, there are some guys who are lifers and he feels like an Iowa lifer as, as Erica, thank you for the super chat uh, in the chat. Thank you. Erica Uh, Erica says, Iowa fan here. There's no way Phil Parker will leave Iowa until he retires. He's a Hawkeye through and through and he's joined with Kirk at the hip. Mm -hmm. So yeah, what, I mean, that's, that's what it looks like to me. And again, there would be signs that Phil Parker is interested if Parker, if Phil Parker was interested in, in leaving Iowa. I, I look if, at Phil Parker like I would have looked at Bud Foster at Virginia Tech. Um, a guy who is just basically a 
career defensive coordinator at a particular school. It did like that's that's what he is. And you'd love to find that for USC. You, you'd love to find <laughs> yeah, you'd love to find your own version of that, right? And yeah. and I think that, you know, the the only thing there is um the idea of you know being joined with with Kirk at the hip. Well if if there was enough heat on Kirk Ferentz, which we know that there has been, right? Like to to move aside then maybe it would be interesting. But, like, this isn't the year to do that. They went 10-2. and two. They're in the, the Big Ten championship game. because Solely because of their defense. Solely because of their defense. And all of the heat that has been on Ferentz has been sort of pawned off onto his son for the offense, right? Like, so I don't think that it's, it's a case of needing to jump ship. If Iowa went 5-7 and seven and had the same defense that they do now, um, maybe it's a different case where Bill Parker would need to sort of look elsewhere because maybe this is it for Kirk Ferentz or, or maybe, but if Ferentz retires, like how are you, how do they not just promote? I was going to say if they get rid of Ferentz, if they push him out, like I just hire Phil Parker, you yeah. can do worse. Right. I don't know. It, I, I, I love the idea guys. I just, it, it, Again, it, it comes down to, like, yeah, if USC makes that call, they should make that call. But uh, somebody has to be on the other line willing to pick up. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know that this is – I don't know that this is it. Like, right. Yeah. With, uh, with like, with Pete, Pete Kwiatkowski, there are people out there who are saying they have heard that name, which tells me an agent is talking. No one has – I have not seen Phil Parker's name anywhere. Kwiatkowski has also moved, like, he is someone who was joined at the hip with Coach Pete. And then... But at the same time, went out and got hired by Sark at Texas. Yeah. So, like, he is someone yeah, but who... but Peterson retired. Yeah. Like, so, right. uh, Ferentz needs to retire in order for me to believe this right. potential. Um, three years younger, 57, than, than Parker, who's 60. Um, there was a comment in the chat about whether or not Kwiatkowski is is uh, from LA or not or Southern California? I have no idea. We were we trying tried to, to look this up so hard. I tried to. Ver- I feel like I had heard that somewhere that he's from the like California, and I so I went looking for it because I I don't know where I like I couldn't remember where I'd heard that or seen that. His bio doesn't have any. All his bio begins with Boise State when he was a when he was a, yeah. a player. Uh, so I don't. I don't know. If you guys can verify that for me, I would love that to be uh, verifiable information. I just couldn't find it. So Yeah. Um, maybe we need to go back and look at the Boise State media guide. When he was like, first hired? Like, yeah, maybe. They so, have where he went to like high that. school. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all right. A couple questions we got here. Kenny says, do you think Riley should go for a transfer quarterback? Or does he always – I mean, does Riley already have uh, the – quarterback of the future on the roster right now i think no matter what usc should be bringing in a transfer quarterback simply because they need numbers they need uh they they don't have enough quarterbacks and there's nobody in this class who's gonna fill at least not i'm currently aware of who who can fill um the 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 numbers there so i think you go for a transfer no matter what Mm -hmm. the level of that transfer will tell us a lot about how he feels about um, uh, about his options in terms of, of Miller Moss and uh, Malachi Nelson. I am on the record 
when it comes to Miller Moss. Miller Moss, in theory, will have a very, very good opportunity to convince somebody like me and maybe his head coach that he is a viable candidate for that position next year when the the bowl game comes around because I expect him to start the bowl that USC is in this year. Um, But I am also on the record that I am skeptical that Miller Moss is the guy. To me, it's either Malachi Nelson or Lincoln Riley goes out and gets one of the big names on the market in terms of the quarterbacks that are out there. And there are a bajillion of them. And Lincoln Riley should have should have a very strong choice in in if he wants to go out there and and pick up a quarterback, you know. Um he will have those those options from young talented guys like Dante Moore to sort of older uh looking for their next sort of step uh, guys like uh, like Will Howard. Um they're out there. There's the Cam Ward, there's a there's a million of them. DJ Uyangalele, uh you know, if, if Lincoln wants somebody else, I think he will have the opportunity to go out and get somebody else. If Lincoln yeah. doesn't bring in one of those big-name guys, considering Lincoln Riley's track record in terms of recruiting quarterbacks in the transfer portal, in high school, all of those kinds of things, Lincoln Riley tends to get the guys that he wants. Everybody knows that if you go play in Lincoln Riley's offense, you're going to have a chance to go get drafted very highly in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So if he doesn't bring in one of those big name quarterbacks, that to me says he believes 1 million percent in Malachi Nelson. Yeah. That's the way I read it. Yeah, I I, I, I think so. I think that's that's the way to look at it. Um, so Bacon in the chat says Kwiatkowski is from Santa Barbara, according to On3. So I, yeah, that's, that I'll, would I'll be something that. I'll yeah. yeah. So who knows? Maybe it, maybe it betters. Who knows? Uh, Smith in the chat says, waiting on the SEC title game and hiring Will Muschamp. Well, if we if we went down the list on uh, Will Muschamp, um, which would be sort of interesting to do, uh, let's pull up the, the thing. Top five defensive experience, yes. In demand, I guess so, yeah. Known talent developer, yes. Successful track record as a DC, yes. Clean backgrounds. I I would need to do more research, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head that says no. Previous defensive experience, yes. Ace recruiter, yes. Power five experience, yes. Success at multiple stops, yes. Won championships, yes. Big ten experience, no. USC connections. He coached at University of South Carolina. <laughs> wrong wrong kind of USC. Yeah, but no. Uh, SoCal connections. Uh, I, I don't see anything here. Nothing major. Elite coaching tree, yes. NFL coaching experience, no. High scoring offense. Yes. I mean, yeah. Georgia, Georgia has been yeah. a, a, high, a yeah. high scoring offense sure. the last couple of years. Sure, yeah. He would, yeah, he, he would have a very high ranking thing. He might have the highest points that we've talked about yet. Will, I, you could do way worse than, like, Will Muschamp is in that elite tier of, mm-hmm. of, uh, of also, defensive coordinator if you were able to pull him out of, out of Georgia. I think the interesting thing about Will Muschamp, he's the co-DC at Georgia. How long do you want to be a co-DC? Are you waiting for Shulman to get hired and then you're the you're just the DC? I don't know. I I think he's also he's failed as a head coach too many times. 
you never have to worry about him being going to be a head coach anymore. Mm-hmm. I could see it. Oh, I think it would be a huge hire. I, I think either either Glenn Schumann or, or Will Muschamp for different reasons yeah. would be a huge hire to go out and get the, the guys that are creating or helping to create the yeah the defense that is winning national titles. He's, uh, he's also won titles before um, to the point the nice- where, like, it's not like he's someone who, like, I, I think that weirdly gives him credence to leave Georgia. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, like, like it's, it's not like he's someone who is in position to, to chase the ring. Cause he has a ring. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's, and he's, he's, he's done the head coach thing. Yeah. Often enough that I don't know that he gets another stab at it. Right. Um, he has had success at, He's been successful enough to get multiple stabs at head coaches right. thanks to the defensive yes. coordinator. Yeah, no, I think Will Muschamp would be a, a hell of a hire. I just have not heard. Again, if Will Muschamp was, if his agent was putting out feelers to see what opportunities there were to leave Georgia, uh, I think we would have heard his name more often. The other issue here is that if Will Muschamp is willing to leave Georgia, what is the timeline for that? Because Georgia's in the playoff, probably. They also have their co-DCs. That's true. He could just leave. He could. Give up the chance to win another national title if you want. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that I would do that, but. Yeah. I I don't know. I searched Will Muschamp news sorted by recent things. Uh, Sports Illustrated has him as a candidate for Syracuse. So, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know that I could see him at Syracuse, but mm, sure. Mm. Sure. I'd uh, take him. We, we, we will see. Uh, last thing before we leave here uh, and call it a day, Bacon in the chat says, Ace Recruiter, on the Ace Recruiter front, how much is that due to NIL on the endless money that um, Oregon has? Um, I think this was in reference to Tosh Lupo. Tosh, yeah. I, I do not equate Oregon's success as a recruiter, as a program that recruits to Tosh Lupoi, because Tosh Lupoi was known as an incredible recruiter at Cal. Um, he's the one who started the whole Cal gang thing 10 years ago. Um, they had a great recruiting class that <laughs> never got across the line. Was it Ellis McCarthy? Was that the big defensive tackle they got and then ended up losing him. And they, they had a bunch of dudes that were, go, that were going to go there because he ended up going to, to Washington, right? Cause Lupoy went to Washington right before signing day. Remember that? Yeah. Um, so he's always been known as, as an elite recruiter. Um, Tosh Lupoy has. So yeah, I mean, it, I mean him, it at, him at Oregon makes him even more potent for sure. It Absolutely. doesn't hurt that you have NIL dollars yeah. uh, that are, that you can you know spread around there to bring guys in. But mm-hmm. there's also something about guys who are able to connect with players enough right. for them to trust them to. He's the, the Xbox guy. Yeah. 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 It's, it's unfortunate because yeah. we all know that PlayStation is superior. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, we gotta go hit the hit the pit. Yeah, <laughs> time time to play some uh, EAFC. Yeah, EAFC, not FIFA. EAFC. I still yeah. call it FIFs. I I say I say I'm still going to to FIFA. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I gotta do your squad battles before before Saturday. So, 
Uh, all right. Uh, we will be we will be uh, heading out. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, we appreciate you as always. Uh, shout out to the to the couple of comments we've gotten about people saying that we were mentioned on their Spotify Wrapped. That's cool. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty pretty cool to be uh, to be shouted out there on the Spotify Wrapped. Did Did you do yours? I did mine. Yes. Do you want to guess who my number one artist was? Uh, who is your number one artist? You should know it because I put it, it in this... a group chat that you are in. I've I've been out you of you that. ignore the group chats. That's fine. Is it your sea shanty people? No, I hope it's not. no, 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 <laughs> no, no. Was it Selena Gomez? Oh, mm. I've, I've been obsessed with Selena. She Gomez. sings. She sings. Yes. I thought she just acted or whatever. No, she's a she's a a, a multi 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 threat uh, actress and yeah. singer. A multi overrated, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, mine, I swear to God, is <laughs> you don't understand it. I don't understand. So my number one artist was Aerosmith, and I don't get this because I like Aerosmith. They were the first concert I ever went to. Back in 2003, like, I love Aerosmith, but I cannot remember the last time I listened to Aerosmith. So I also saw that, like, when they, there's, a, like, a little list, like, when did you listen to them most? It said May, and it said my biggest day of listening to anything was, like, May 7th or something like that. I'm convinced that there was a day in which I listened to Aerosmith, and for some reason I didn't stop it, and it just kept going. This is and it ruined my numbers. This is funny though because I have had to turn off your speakers in in the studio here because you had something playing, and I can't remember if it was Aerosmith or not. But it's got to have been like, like it's the only pretty... thing I can think of. Like how was Aerosmith on that list? I don't like number one. I I I don't know. So my top artist was Aerosmith. My top song though. Big Talk by Sophie, which is an incredible Sophie. song. I I am number five. Uh, Sophie is my number five top artist. I am convinced that I might be the number one Sophie listener in the world, though. <laughs> I Okay, here's the thing. I hadn't listened to a lot of Selena Gomez before this year, and then I sort of like got obsessed with her early this year. Um, and I am in the top 0.3% of Selena Gomez listeners this year but so like, think, like think about i it. guarantee you are top one percent of sophie no i it, guarantee well think about all the, you have to think about who are the the number of people someone with a big name like selena gomez even though i didn't know that she sang uh it means that a billion people have listened to her right yeah 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 so it means if you listen to her songs twice suddenly you're already at like top 50 percent. you see what i'm saying like you can get up there really quick I don't. I think you have this backwards. <laughs> no, it's it's just the the, the the less people who listen to them, the quicker you get up there with the. No, the more people, and the more acute. That means that you're a smaller percentage. I know. Right, but if you're in the top percent, that means you listen more than all of the bajillions of people that listen. Well, yes, that too. Yes. Sure. My current. My current. I. I my favorite thing every year is when the FIFA soundtrack comes out and I get obsessed with people on the FIFA soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, which is where I, I learned which about is where Sophie. where you learned about Sophie. Yeah. But my current obsession is Baby Queen 
who baby queen is baby great. queen and i her she just put out an album it bangs it bangs yeah. she's so good i am obsessed and I look forward to next year having being uh, in the in the top uh, percentage of Baby Queen listeners because she's un- in- absolutely incredible. Yeah. Baby Baby Queen is oh, or, fantastic. Or better Clef- better than real Queen. <laughs> Orc left in the chat says uh, Spotify had my number three genre as Slayer, even though I've never listened to Slayer. <laughs> 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 so yeah, I don't know. Spotify wrapped is a, I saw a tweet that I just to extend this out further. I saw a tweet that said like Spotify rap needs to like get more weird in what it tells you. Cause it's just a collection of like the statistics of your stuff. Like right. it shouldn't tell you just what your top songs are. It should tell you which songs you skipped the most often, like which songs you listen to that's, the most in not- a single day. Like then you could see that like you listen to Aerosmith for 48 hours straight on one weekend in March. And it's like, oh, okay, no, that makes sense. Like the, I'm telling you that, I swear to God, that's what happened. Like the, the are you still watching Netflix pop-up thing, like that yeah. you branded. Uh, How many minutes listen did you have? Oh, I don't remember. It I was 20,000. It was 27,000, something like okay. that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 26 days of of straight up listening the rest of my top artists though all make sense michael jackson foster the people fleawood mac and sophie yeah that that's my, who i listen to the rest of my top artists make perfect sense but also like as as my brother said when he saw what my top artists were he was that is a collection of, of people <laughs> <laughs> it was selena it was what was it? it was selena gomez um the arcadian wild thrice uh, Fleetwood Mac and because I also I, I get obsessive about things so when I listen to something I listen to it constantly um, uh, so I listen to Fleetwood Mac for a bunch and then Taylor Swift which I'm kind of surprised about because I really only oh, listen God. to one album of Taylor Swift but uh, Midnight's is, is I, incredible okay we, we can't talk about ridiculous artists too much Lavender Haze is the only Non Selena Gomez song that was in my top five. So, yeah. All right. I'm. I'm enough. Enough of. Sp- no one want, No one wants to hear about your Spotify wrapped. I know, guys. I, I, know, I, know, I know. I know. No one wants to hear about your uh, your fantasy football team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. It's thirty-seven. Thir- thir- thirty-seven thousand minutes listened. Oh, okay. You almost doubled me. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week to uh, hopefully talking about USC's new defensive court. Uh, until then, thanks for listening. As always, uh, we will see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? 
Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.